You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is the RTI Press Pass with Rick Butler and Ryan Shumpert. Welcome to the Rocky Top Insider Instant Reaction Press Pass. My name is Rick Butler, joined right next to me by the one, the only, Ryan Shumpert. We are sitting here at the top of First Bank Stadium here in Nashville, Tennessee, looking down at a, man, is it a wet field, uh, a field of play right now. You know, a lot of people saw the rain throughout the game. In the last 30 minutes or so following the game's conclusion, the, the rain has really picked up. It is a storm out here. It's really kind of a, a cool sight and, you know, on top of an empty field. But, Ryan, I think the people want to talk about some football. Tennessee closes down the regular season with a 56-0 win over Vanderbilt. And, and, Ryan, this was just a dominant game from start to finish. You look at the way Tennessee started the game in the first quarter. You look at the way that Tennessee started the second half in the third quarter. You, you can see right there just how much of an emphasis I felt like Tennessee put on the fast start, wanting to really be aggressive. What did you overall take away from this game? No, I, I think you're right. and It's certainly a really good performance by Tennessee is one of the first takeaways. And you know, I talked on our podcast earlier in the week, and I wrote about it, that you know I thought this was a game that Tennessee could lose, given the fact that Hennon Hooker wasn't playing. And we thought they may, may be down some guys, and they were. They were down, I believe, what was seven starters that ended up being, since Brew McCoy wasn't inactive, he went through warm-ups, but he didn't play. Uh, so that was another starter down. And Tennessee didn't have a ton to play for compared to, to what it has the rest of the season. Vanderbilt has a lot to play for. They're hot. They came to this game with a lot of confidence, and Tennessee just dominated them. Tennessee did, when you say Tennessee played Vanderbilt in football, Tennessee did what Tennessee fans expect themselves, expect their football team to do to Vanderbilt every season. Absolutely dominant. 56 nothing, 14 nothing in the first quarter. Tennessee scored four plays into the game, and Obviously, that wasn't the end-all, be-all, but I kind of thought that set the, set the tone. Tennessee elected to receive the opening kick, something that I don't think it's done any times this year when it's won the toss. They went right down the field, four-play touchdown drive, long pass from Joe Milton, Jalen Hyatt, set up a Jabari Small touchdown, and from there, it, it was all balls. Yeah, you, I, I felt like, at least with that decision to, to receive the ball at the, at the beginning of the game, man, I felt like that was just a time where Tennessee said, hey, you know what, we feel good about this first drive of the game. We feel like we can really ignite some of the crowd that was here because, hey, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about a 56-0 game right now, right? So there's not going to be too many things that are like, well, this was the difference maker. This was the X factor. But I do think that from a start-to-finish perspective, just the fact that Tennessee's fans did pack this house, right? They, they were able to be uh, uh, relentlessly loud throughout the game, right? I think even, you know, at some point during the fourth quarter, I turned to you and I said, man, I couldn't imagine being a senior right now for the Vanderbilt program and, you know, spending four years here and, and going through so much and then just having to come out on your senior day and seeing 70% Tennessee orange all, all the way around. And, you know, if there were black coats in the, in the crowd, you, you couldn't tell what was under them, whether that was gold or orange. It was loud all game long. So I, I don't necessarily feel like that's an X factor or a difference maker, but I do feel like that was something that was impactful throughout the entire game. That's the expectation. I mean, that's what happens when Tennessee comes to Vanderbilt. It's going to be a lot of Tennessee fans. There's a lot more Tennessee fans in Middle Tennessee than there are Vanderbilt fans. 
uh, I guess there's more Vanderbilt fans in, in the Northeast or something than there is Tennessee fans. But uh, there's no doubt Nashville is a Tennessee city, and that was shown here as it uh, is shown every two years when Tennessee plays here, as it's shown every winter when Tennessee plays in Memorial Gymnasium. Uh, so uh, I think that certainly uh, had an impact in Josh Heupel went out of his way to, to thank them and to thank them for staying. I think that might have been what yeah. surprised me the most is the majority of them stayed the whole game. And I, I guess it, at some point you're wet, you're wet. It doesn't really <laughs> matter if you leave or yeah. you stay. But uh, a lot of Vol fans stayed till the end, and, and they sung Rocky Top a lot. And Shannon is great to be a Tennessee Vol, and the Vols got their – Proved to get their first 10-win regular season since 2003. All right, so which way do you want to go with this conversation now? We can either talk about the defense, first shutout of the season, or we can t- go over and talk about Tennessee's starting quarterback, Joe Milton, taking the field for the first time this season. Which do you prefer, my friend? Well, what choices? Let's start with the defense. Okay, let's start there. Tennessee holds Vanderbilt to just 107 passing yards, held Vanderbilt to 147 rushing yards, Ryan, were you surprised with how much Vanderbilt was trying to run the ball, especially in the beginning of the game? Yes and no. I mean, I expected Vanderbilt to run the ball because that's what they have done well the last two weeks. And I think even with Joe Milton at quarterback, Clark Lee, Vanderbilt's coaching staff, probably looked at this game and said, we need to shorten the game if we want to pull the upset. We need to be able to run the ball. So from that aspect, I wasn't surprised that that was an emphasis for Vanderbilt. Now, I thought it was... A little over the top. I mean, the first couple drives, it didn't seem like Vanderbilt thought about throwing the ball until it was third down and third and long. Yeah, that second and 20, I remember in specific, you turning over to me and saying, that is wild. Yeah, yeah. First really, drive of the game. Yeah, man, just like you said, Vanderbilt's first drive of the game. They had a nice little drive going, basically through running it. Tennessee had a, a penalty, maybe two penalties in there. Vanderbilt crossed midfield, uh, quarterback Mike Wright, he dropped a snap, gets taken for 20-yard or 10-yard loss gets in the second 20, as you said, and Vanderbilt just conceded this punted on the drive. They, it's like, well, did you not watch South Carolina throw for 480 yards on this defense last week who has four defensive backs out, three of them being starters? Uh, so that was bizarre. and it, So I guess that just truly to your point, it didn't surprise me to see Vanderbilt run the ball to the degree that they committed to it and didn't want to pass the ball early. It was surprising, especially since they didn't really run Mike Wright that much. They've played right. They've played A.J. Swan this season. Wright's the better runner. He played the last two weeks when Swan's kind of been banged up in those two wins. Swan was available tonight. We saw him. They went to him in the the second half for a little bit. And it was just strange to me that the game plan was to run the ball a lot. They started Mike Wright, but they didn't seem to want to use Mike Wright's legs a whole lot. Especially knowing that this was going to be the final game of the season. You know, if you didn't, uh, if you weren't able to pull off this victory, like you had mentioned a couple minutes ago, Vanderbilt fighting to punch a ticket into bowl season. So uh, I definitely agree with that side of things. Ryan, you talked about the injuries. There were certainly a lot of them for Tennessee. And guys continued to get banged up throughout the game. But I feel like this was really a a time where, you know, pride was on the line. Even late in the game, right, where where Vanderbilt would kind of threaten in Tennessee's territory. They would get down to the 30, get down to maybe even the, the 25 or the 20. But Tennessee's defense really stood strong. And I felt like that was... Maybe an emphasis from the team, right? There were there was pride uh, on the line here. They know what they they know what they gave up last week. They know ultimately what that kind of snowballs into. I think that pitching a shutout tonight was absolutely something that they wanted to do. And then as the game progressed and as that started to become more and more likely, this was something that to me it, it looked like they were saying, "Hey, you know what? This is what's going to happen tonight because that's who we want to be. That's who we feel like we are." No, it definitely seemed like that, and. Uh, they got a little bit of help from a missed field goal early in the yes. game and then got a stop, a fourth down stop in the red zone there in the second half. But 
you're right, and it was a really good effort defensively, and I think it's really easy and probably even fair to say, well, it was a great defensive effort against Vanderbilt. Who cares? Well, where was that last week? And I think there's an element of that. There's, there's some truth. But at the same time, this has been a Vanderbilt offense that's really been better than South Carolina's offense for a lot of the season, and it hasn't been the worst offense in the SEC. And they've done some good things in the passing attack. So just because it was Vanderbilt, I think it was far from a given that Tennessee's defense was going to come out and play really well tonight. So they don't deserve any national praise. They don't deserve any gold medals for what they did. But at the same time, like I said, it wasn't a given that Tennessee's defense was going to play well. They played really well. They made it a really drama-free game uh, for Joe Milton and Tennessee offense, who did play enough to, to get to win themselves. Well, let's talk about that right there. And, Ryan, I think when, when we talk about this this Tennessee offense today, putting up 56 points in the game, uh, closing the bookending the game with 14 points in the first and the fourth quarter, 21 points in the third quarter, one touchdown in the second quarter. R- Ryan, when, I'm ta- when we talk about the offense, I want to take it in two different directions, one being the quarterback and one being the run game, which was phenomenal tonight. But overall, Joe Milton... Uh, 11 for 21, 147 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I don't believe he had any rushing attempts, or, or at no, least they, he didn't. Yeah, they, they so he he did not carry the ball with his with his legs at all, which is a little bit surprising. But overall, it, it felt like a I don't want to say easy necessarily, but obviously this was not a game where Tennessee was asking Joe Milton to go out there and win them the game. No, you're right. In, in fact, it, you know you could really tell that once we even got to into the second half of this game, Tennessee had really decided that. You know, hey, let's let's go ahead and get out of this stadium. Let's get out of the rain. Let's let's run the ball and let's keep progressing it forward. There were a couple throws though that that you look at and you say, you know what? Those were some of the throws that I think made uh, made folks a little nervous or a little uh, cautious last year, right? Not not putting enough touch on the ball, or at least just hey, the overthrows were, were a problem with Joe Milton Joe Milton's gigantic arm. Saw a couple of those overthrows today. I, I thought the decision making was okay, but ultimately at the end of the day, again quickly into the game. This was not one that Tennessee was ever going to ask or need Joe Milton to go win in the game. So ultimately, he managed the game into a 56-0 victory for Tennessee, and I think that's okay. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways the most important thing is that he didn't turn the ball over, and he didn't make big mistakes. And and the weather being the way it was, I think that was a concern. And certainly Tennessee, even with all the things we talked about in the lead that made this game a little more losable than it looked like a few weeks ago, they were still the better team uh, than Vanderbilt. So I think at the very first and foremost, that's important. Uh, Milton did what he needed to do for Tennessee to win. And in the second half, I mean, I think Tennessee's offense was all about the running game. They ran for 295 yards. Uh, Jalen Wright had two long touchdown runs over 50 yards. Jabari Small had one touchdown run over 50 yards, and then Dylan Sampson had an 80-yard touchdown run as well. Tennessee ran for over ran for 295 yards in the second half, over 20 yards of pop. So it was easy for him uh, offensively the second half on the ground game. And I think overall, when you look at, at Milton, he did what he needed to do. It wasn't the great best circumstances given the rain, given the fact that he was down two of his best receivers uh, or two of his starting receivers. But and he was. It sometimes improved, uh, I think, with the decision-making, with throwing some checkdowns. But I still think you saw a lot of problems that, that we saw last year and uh, have continued to plague him, overthrowing a, a lot of deep balls. Now, granted, some of those, there wasn't a ton of separation or they were really far down the field. But you know, one of the one that stands out to me, he had Princeton Fant about, the, I think, the first, maybe second drive, 
second drive, I think, uh, of the second half, just wide open down the seam. Should have been a walk-in touchdown. Easy, easy, easy play. And he throws a, a bad pass that the fans not able to catch. Doesn't come back to bite Tennessee. Jalen Wright runs 50 yards for a touchdown on the very next play. But when you, I guess, when you look back at Joe Milton's five quarters as Tennessee starting quarterback last season, missing easy throws was the prevailing memory. And that was bingo. That was the exact same thing. So I think you saw a lot of Joe Milton's uh, issues from last year show up again. But at the same time, he managed the game well. He didn't put Tennessee in, in any trouble, and he did what it took for the Vols to win. It'll be interesting to see in uh, a month or so when Tennessee goes to whatever bowl game they need. They'll need a lot more out of Joe Milton to win that game. So it, that'll be a more interesting test uh, to, to see where he's at. Yes, absolutely. And you know, depending on even what stadium they're playing in, might not have to worry about weather being a factor. If it's in Dallas and, and you can have the Dome and, and AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys play, then that's fantastic. Maybe it's Miami with the Orange Bowl. Uh, and that's obviously an open stadium, so who knows what could happen there. But certainly a lot of interesting conversations to be had. Josh Heupel did talk about uh, the bowl opportunities that are that are on the table for Tennessee. Now we know that the playoffs are uh, are, are not going to be in the picture, but they're still going to be high-level uh, and great opportunity bowls for Tennessee to go to. I think the ones that we just mentioned a second ago, the Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl, likely being the most likely. Do you have a, a, a kind of temperature reading or, or anything that you think could happen one way or the other? No, not really. Uh, I don't feel like I have a, a great grasp on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be one of those two, most likely. Obviously, LSU's loss. Uh, I guess I don't even think LSU's loss even affects things at all. I think about it. that was one of the bizarre results uh, yes. of the day, though, with Texas A&M knocking off LSU. So it'll be one of the two. Uh, I, I know that the ACC has the one automatic bid uh, in the Orange Bowl. So Tennessee, if they do go there likely see either Clemson or North Carolina, whoever wins that championship game next week. Both those teams lost uh, to rivals on the final day uh, of the regular season. And then the Cotton Bowl, I think it's most likely that Tennessee would get the winner of the AAC, which I believe is Tulane. And UCF, who, man, UCF, they blew about a 24-point second-half lead to South Florida today, but found a way to get the win out of it. So uh, we'll see. We'll have a week to talk about that and, and figure it out. And then... Uh, it, Really, it's the start of a, a big month for Josh Heupel and his staff. His transfer portal gets going this week and an early signing date coming up here in about three weeks. You know, me and my friends were at a restaurant in Knoxville yesterday uh, watching soccer. Now, I'm not a big soccer guy at all. And right next to the soccer TV, that was the, was the TV that was showing the Tulane-Cincinnati game. So I was scouting out a little bit maybe for a, for a future opponent of Tennessee. But, Ryan, we gotta, uh, we'll go ahead and close this thing down, man. If... If you're out there right now and you're thinking to yourself, wow, I wish these guys would talk a little bit more, they'd break things down a little bit more, well, don't blame us. You can blame Vanderbilt. They're kicking us out of the press box a little bit earlier uh, than, than we're used to here on these uh, on these late work nights after these football games. But we're gonna head and go we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up and get out of here today. Like Ryan said, we will still be on the website, still be back to the podcast all week, and you can go and find us there. But I want to point back to a tweet, uh, Ryan, that you wrote earlier on the Rocket Top Insider account. I think this uh, sums it up pretty well. Not a lot of words this tweet, man, but you said final. Tennessee 56, Vanderbilt 0. Score says the entire story. And I think that right there uh, speaks volumes. And yes, it certainly did. That being said, we are getting out of here. That is Ryan Shumpert. You can follow him at rshump00 on Twitter. 
I am Rick Butler. You can follow me at Rick underscore Butler on Twitter if you want. But of course, make sure you are following Rocky Top Insider on each and every different social media platform. That is at Rocky Top Insider on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. We're posting stuff every week. It's a lot of good content. But make sure more than anything else, you're checking out RockyTopInsider.com each and every day for all of the best Tennessee news, notes, and coverage that we can give you. Thanks so much for listening to the Rocky Top Insider Press Pass instant reaction all year. These have been fun. I think they've been great to do after the game, and I've certainly enjoyed doing it with you, and we've had a lot of great feedback as well. So so that's been a lot of fun, and we will uh, we'll keep it up for basketball season as we get into some of the big games on that side of things. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate everybody listening all season. Been a lot of a lot of fun ones to break down and uh, a really uh, interesting, entertaining regular season yeah. for the balls. Yep, you are uh, you are entirely correct about that. All right, well, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Go ahead and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing going forward moving into basketball season and moving into bowl season. Go ahead and leave us a five-star uh, rating. Just like a great recruit out there, we want all the stars that we can get. Hey, that's going to wrap it up for us. For Ryan Shumpert, I'm Rick Butler. You've been listening to the Rocky Top Insider Instant Reaction Press Pass. Tennessee defeats Vanderbilt 56-0 in Nashville in the season finale.